Women face unique challenges in our culture. The call of the word contradicts the claims of the world, and the Bible provides clear guidance for how to transform an individual life, a group of friends, or even a church's ministry geared toward raising godly women. It's time to go the second mile in rethinking women's ministry. Hey, this is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 541, where he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile. We want to do things as closely uh, to what his call is on our lives and do more than just the bare minimum. Uh, last week, we talked about rethinking men's ministry and so that we can be uh, fair here and also balanced. And also, uh, just so you can hear kind of what's been going on in my mind lately, uh, I wanted to talk through about rethinking women's ministry. Now, uh, I am not... Uh, had never been in women's ministry, uh, and yet I have also responsible as a pastor to care for both men and women in our church, both uh, young and old. And one thing that I do know is that I have uh, walked alongside uh, many godly women in uh, this life, but I've also seen so many of the struggles that uh, women will experience, and that may be women uh, that I've had in my family and friends in the church uh, in counseling situations, you know, uh, name it. There's just a lot of different things that uh, I, I see that this culture as a whole, uh, just tempting women and uh, causing for anxiety to rise up, and just some common kind of pitfalls that many women fall into. And and I want to just say from the outset that um, I believe that our churches are stronger because of women's influence and their leadership and the gifts that God has given them and how they utilize it. In fact, I can't even uh, imagine what a church or ministry or staff or what would be uh, without uh, women in the ways that God has uniquely gifted them to serve uh, the church family. But I also uh, believe that there are some very simple instructions from God's Word that maybe uh, is an important time for us just to at least address, to consider uh, for a woman's life, uh, her group, uh, people in her family, or even a church-wide ministry about some things to make sure that are happening so that we can be in line with what Jesus has called us to be. So a lot of times when people talk about women's ministry, there can be the uh, good, bad, and indifferent kind of reviews of what they might see within a church or a parachurch uh, organization. Uh, but one of the things I think a lot of times people will go to is they'll talk about what does it mean to be a Titus II woman. And uh, you know, you may have heard that phrase, may not have heard that phrase, but it's a very a clear section of scripture uh, where the Apostle Paul is talking to his disciple named Titus who is a pastor. Uh, And as he's talking to Titus, he's talking about some things about the gospel, about church, but also as it relates to men and even women. In fact, in Titus chapter 2, there are some just beautiful verses that are written here by Paul so that Titus can lead his church well. And this is what he says. Uh, In the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure, workers at home, kind, and in submission to their husbands, so that God's word will not be slandered. Now, while there's a lot of things unpacked there in there, I think it is important to hear. Here's this apostle speaking to this pastor and saying, hey, you've got women in your church, and let me start where this needs to. There needs to be a foundation that in addition to your pastoral teaching, Titus, 
Discipleship needs to happen, and this is where a focus needs to be. Older women teaching younger women. That there are those who are mature in the faith, coming alongside those that are just a little bit further behind in them, and teaching them, and teaching them in some key areas. So in this, while there's a lot of different descriptions it has, I love the way it says, hey, for the older women to teach the younger women. If you were to kind of characterize kind of four major statements here, this is what he says. First off, he says about the importance of intentional discipleship. Uh, women should be teaching those around them, right? So it says older women are to be reverent in their behavior and, and teaching them, uh, teaching these younger women to do this uh, on certain ways of what does it mean to follow Jesus Christ. So there should be a level of intentional discipleship that is happening. And while women in a church might be listening to a pastor preach, they might be in a small group where there's someone, could be a male or a female teaching, what is oftentimes missing is a mentor that's just a little bit further down the path saying, let me tell you what I've learned along the way. Here are the things that I've done well, and here's some things that I've not exactly done perfectly, and I want to uh, help you avoid that same type of scenario. It says there has to be an intentional discipleship where the older are teaching the younger. The second thing it says there is self-control, really. It says, you know, if you think about it, that you're reverent in your behavior, not slanderers, not enslaved to excessive drinking. Uh, it's basically saying, hey, you got to teach what's good, allowing this. And it even says to be self-controlled. And so really, when these older women are teaching the younger women, that women should fight against everyday temptations and even dangerous emotions. To be self-controlled means you are not just acting upon every emotion that takes you by surprise or uh, by kind of a, a normal consistency. That you, to be self-controlled means you can't act on every emotion that you feel. You can't act on every thought that you feel. And so these older women are teaching their younger women to say, hey, be careful, be self-controlled so that you can fight against everyday temptations and dangerous emotions that had caused many women to walk astray. So within these first categories, we've talked about the need for intentional discipleship and for self-control. The third area that it talks about is healthy marriages, that women can help their husbands be who God's called them to be. In these verses, it says, hey, you want the older women to teach the youngers how to love their husbands. And you go, well, isn't that self-explanatory? Well, as a guy, I'll say, no, it's not, because uh, men are different than women, and every man is different than all the rest of them and have very unique needs. And so for this, uh, any type of ministry, that is kind of failing to help women know how to love their husbands is, is kind of missing the mark. And you go, wait a minute, what, what about men loving their wives? Well, absolutely, of course that is important. We're talking, though, about this description that is given by Paul to Titus for the women in his church to say, hey, there needs to be some level of saying, how can you love your husband in such a way uh, to help them be who God's called them to be? Now, I know that in a church it can be oftentimes uh, complex because not everybody's married. Uh, some are single, some are divorced, some are widowed. And so bringing up marriage can sometimes feel like a, a difficult situation because it isolates some. But I'd also say this, if you don't focus in on this, we are missing uh, really the most uh, pivotal relationship uh, outside of our relationship with the Lord that is supposed to exist within all of humanity, and that is between husbands and wives. And so what this call is, you need to be make sure that those that are married are learning from others that have been married or can, can 
are currently married, uh, whether they are widows or uh, celebrating decades of, of marriage together, that they are saying, uh, let me teach you younger women uh, ways that I've learned along the way about how to care and love for the husband that God has given me. And the fourth section I want to just mention for a brief moment. It's about kingdom mothering, right? It says about how older women should be teaching the young women how to love their children. Um, and and what does this mean? Well, women must prioritize raising godly children. Now, for those that have children within the home, that is obviously something that you want to focus in on about raising them up. But even if you are single or you are infertile and you don't have children that are in your home, that does not mean that you can't have spiritual children along the way within the church. And so what should be happening is, is this legacy of a multiplication and ministry and discipleship should be passed on from generation to generation. And in this fourth key aspect, is saying, hey, these older women who are probably empty nesters, their kids have moved on alongside out of the home, they're independent now, to teach these younger mothers that are in the middle of these difficult and yet blessed years of raising children to say, these uh, these years are challenging, but they're so critical to the development of your child. Uh, we often uh, heard when we were uh, first parents that when you're parenting, that the days will seem long, but the years will seem short. And as a parent of now three kids within the student ministry group, I can say that is true. There are days that are long, but the years are short. They go so quick. So here's where older women are teaching younger women who have kids in the home, hey, be careful not to get lost in these kind of side um, uh, agendas along the way that are not the most important ones. Uh, maybe these these older women are saying, hey, I know that you feel like your child needs to be at every single event, but can I just say as one who's done that, make sure you prioritize that their spiritual development is more important than their academic or their extracurricular development above all. Maybe these older women are saying, hey, here's some temptations that are going to happen to the teenage years of your children that you need to watch out for, whatever it may be, but it's allowing us to take the lessons that we've learned. Too often do we learn lessons that we never pass on. And what I've learned, especially when I sit down and think through the wonderful women uh, in, in my life, in our church that I see, so many are longing for deep friendships, but they're also longing for deep mentorship. Um, sometimes there have been actual just uh, family mothers that have come alongside and said, let me teach you the ways and let me show you how to follow Jesus and let me show you how to care for your family. And sometimes that happens. But oftentimes, those lessons have not been uh, intentional, and sometimes they haven't been really helpful, but we've learned by example. But what this is a call to is a type of discipleship that says uh, we have a, a immense call on the lives of the women within our churches to be the type of women that God has called them to be, to be uh, mighty, incredible kingdom uh, ladies who are doing so much good uh, for people in the church, all around the community, all around the world. And unless we actually decide that we're going to put our mouth uh, or put our actions where our mouth has been, we're actually going to disciple people. We're going to miss the opportunity to pass these lessons on to future generations. So when you think about rethinking women's ministry, my consideration for our church and for anybody else who's considering this is, are you truly allowing the opportunity when women gather together for those relationships to be formed, for those issues that are unique to women to be addressed in a very clear and biblical way? versus trying to baptize some type of uh, worldly practice, why don't we get back to what God has called the church to do within discipleship relationships, even within the church? I hope to see you on the second mile.